Welcome back to Stilettos and Stouts. My name is Christy. I am your host, and with me is Ryan. Ryan, how the hell are you? <laughs> I'm doing much better. I had a tough couple of days last week, not COVID for the record, um, but I did I did feel much better on Sunday, so I went into work Sunday and went to the game. Did you enjoy it? Oh, yes, very much so. It was a wild atmosphere on Sunday. Uh, it really felt like uh, us all as Devils fans were given it the old dress rehearsal for the playoffs. Yeah. And I don't know if that came across up in the press box, but I was down in Section 10 and it was kind of vibrating. It was loud. So here I'm going to have a little, I'll share a little secret. When I am up in the press box watching the game, I usually have one of my AirPods in and I usually am listening to either Bill and Ken Danico's broadcast or I'm listening to Matt Laughlin. Just so oh, that. okay. Because where I sit in the press box, I don't really get replays of things. So if I'm like putting out a tweet, even if it's the wrong score, people, if I'm doing something (laughs) or checking a stat and something happens on the ice and I miss it, like I miss it. Um, So, and you have the noise canceling aspect of the AirPods. So sometimes I don't hear it at full volume, but on Sunday, you can, even with the AirPods on, you can tell, you heard how loud it was. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a palpable energy in there. Even outside, everybody waiting to go in, Mm -hmm. you could just, everybody was jacked up. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And it was exciting too, because now fans have finally gotten to see Timo Meyer in person at Prudential Center. What is your analysis of his first couple games as a devil? I actually wrote a very in-depth article about this, but what are your thoughts from the You did. It's a very good article for me, Ad, and everybody should go check that out. Um, From a fan perspective, you like to see what he's doing. He hasn't impacted the score sheet quite like you'd expect him to come in and do at least, Um, but he's been playing a 200-foot game, and particularly Sunday. I played a game with my buddy who I was at the game with, who follows the Devils, but not like the NHL like I do. And he knows of Timo Meyer. He knows he's good. I'm like, let's play a game. How many legitimate scoring chances does he have? Not shots on goal, like dangerous. And how does he affect the game? And by the end of the second period, my buddy turns to me and goes, this guy's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> he was all over the place. He had a few big hits. He had another big hit um, last night. Uh, he's He's really done everything right except for the ticky-tack dumb penalties, which you can't even erase as like, oh, it's a new system. He's learning to play. Like, you know you can't play the puck with a high stick. Why is your stick in the air? I mean, penalties are going to happen, right? That's just sure. going to happen. And it always ends up being the case where they're always untimely penalties where it's like, really, this is what we're doing. But like I wrote in the article, I think that he is adjusting well. And I think the biggest thing is that, no, he's not impacting the score sheet yet. That line still needs to build chemistry obviously, but he's throwing the hits and he's making the top six harder to play. And that's the most important thing for me. I'm like, at least he's contributing other ways because at the end of the day, Lindy Ruff doesn't need him to be Jack Hughes 2.0. Like we already have a Jack and Brat and Jack are very similar in certain ways. So you need to bring what you're good at. And that I think he is doing, which is something that I think fans need to acknowledge because they've been really hard on him. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, it, it, it's, it worked out exactly as you pretty much predicted with him playing mostly with Jack. They moved some things around. They shuffled Boquist up, uh, mm-hmm. which I, I, he kind of deserved. Worth, worth taking a look at it for sure. If you could even out those lines a little, that's always ideal with scorers. Um, but he's doing exactly what you expected him to do. He's making room for everybody else to create. They're still kind of finding it out. Um, this next month is really just a primer for the playoffs and 
everybody needs to understand that. Let's try some different combinations. Let's see what works, see what doesn't. This is the time to do that. Not a month from now, not three weeks from now. Now is the time to do that. And I'm actually going to use that as my lovely segue into the current mini series they are dealing with, with the Tampa Bay yes. Lightning. This is brilliant. That's awesome. I love this. And I yes. love that their opponent is the Tampa Bay Lightning because I don't think they would learn as much about themselves if they were playing Montreal or Buffalo. Nope. Three times in a row, three times out of four. I think the thing to note, and I said this when I did the New York Post, is obviously you want to get as many points as you can. You want to have that first place spot in the Metropolitan Division. And no one's saying that, that that's not the goal. But in this specific situation, I feel like even if they lose the miniseries to Tampa, they will learn so much about themselves as a team going up against a team that knows how to win. Yeah. They're veterans. They're physical. They, they've been through it all. And I think that the most important thing is the lessons they're going to learn. They learned real quick yesterday. Tampa's not going to let them skate the puck in. No. That's not happening. You need to adjust your game. And I think fans have seen the Devils struggle the most against veteran teams that can easily figure them out. Look at how they how the Dallas Stars play them. Yeah, that's, that's a super fair point. I mean, I'm curious to see what Palat is able to kind of teach them all this next week because it's, it's t- Tampa, Tampa, Florida, Tampa. It's essentially a four-game playoff series with just mm-hmm. one different team mixed in. But, you know, essentially the same area. You're not traveling far that second day. Uh, and I'm curious to see how they adjust and come out tomorrow night. Uh, I, I'm very interested to see how, whether or not the coaches for the Devils say that's an anomaly. We can still impose our will on this team or if they totally kind of change how they attack the blue line. And we'll figure that out pretty quickly. We'll know that within the first half of the first period. It'll be pretty obvious uh, whether we're dumping and chasing or trying to carry it. Um, part of me thinks they're going to come out and try to play their game again mm-hmm. and see how it goes. And if it doesn't go, then adjust for the second and third. That's just my gut. And that's what I would do if I was a coach. I, I, this team has kind of proven to you that they have earned the chance to try to do that. And again, these games don't matter quite as much right now. The Rangers honestly took a step back. Um, Carolina just lost Shvechnikov for the year, which is super unfortunate, but you know, you're, you're like hyper panic. We gotta, we gotta win. We gotta win. It's starting to chill from external forces as well. Well, and I think we'll move on to our next point is one of the, um, fan questions that we got. And I appreciate anyone who interacts with us on Twitter and Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah. We have a show Twitter now it's at stiletto stouts. Yes. We're, we're trying to be more active on there. We're trying. I'm doing my best. Usually it's Ryan. I'm going to be honest. Usually it's Ryan because I'm doing a million other things. Yeah. But one of the questions was about Vanacek's current play and if it's necessarily warranted. And the two things that I'm going to say about Vanacek is he owns 28 wins on the season. Yeah. The only other goaltender in franchise history to earn 30 or more wins in a single season, say it with me, is Marty Brodeur. Martin Brodeur, baby. There we go. That's it. That alone is an impressive stat. Very, very impressive. I'm going to throw you another one. Vanacek has allowed four more goals in five of his last seven games, dating back to February 21st. I think that for fans, and maybe media too, I think it's very easy to blame the goaltender. Yeah, it is. The defense has struggled. 
Yeah, I mean, they're giving up some grade-A chances in some cases. In some cases, they've been soft goals. You know, you get a night like last night where the Devils hit three posts and have a goal called back, and all of a sudden that doesn't look quite as glaring. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't look. I should have. Shame on me. We have got to be way past his amount of games he's played this season. Okay. We have to be. We so have to be. I looked it up because – I actually was with you, and I said he has to have played way more than he did in Washington last year. Am I incorrect? And I'm going to tell you, in 2021, <laughs> he played games played 37. 21-22 okay. season, 42 games played. 22-23 okay. season, 43. So he's only played one additional game from. But last he's done it in less time. That's there you go. Yep. You the month left, and I think too. Again, I think the defense has struggled. And it's funny because I was actually texting my friend who worked at the arena last night. And we were saying that Lindy really needed to break up Marino and Graves. Because they are not jiving. They weren't jiving together. And then the next shift, I think it was Graves was out with Severson. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, I guess the coach, I guess Lindy heard us. Yeah. I mean, Damon's fantastic when you can put him in the role of shutting down a bottom six. Like if you're sending him out there against third lines that want to come and check you, he's going to take care of that business generally pretty well. Um, I know he takes a lot of crud. And this is something that I mentioned I wanted to talk to you about specifically. I would resign him for next year. I really would. I I would take I would resign him over Graves right now. The thing for me and I've said this to people that, you know, around the arena, I think Severson is a player that gets a lot of hate and he's not the flashiest defenseman. And yes, he does make the mistakes that every single player on that team has made mistakes. Oh yeah. But you don't realize the thing, the thing, the little things that he does right. And you're not going to notice it until he's gone. Correct. So I totally agree with you. A Severson replacement when that's what you had the whole time and you didn't really appreciate it in that moment. Yeah. I, I like I, I like Damon. I like talking to Damon. I think Damon, I have all good things to say about him. So for my own selfish reasons, I hope he comes back. Yeah. I've, I think that that guy has been here through pretty much all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and at the same time, you resign him if he's, you know, willing to play ball. It's a contract you can move in a few years, even if you need to. And you, you really buy in yourself a little bit of insurance. I spent a lot of time watching Michigan in the last month. I think Luke Hughes is going to come in and be able to play in the NHL. I don't know necessarily if he's going to make an impact, but I think he, I think he's going to be able to handle the speed of the game. Um, he seems like he's kind of just on cruise control out there with Michigan right now. So I'm a little less worried about the left side, I, but even just having a guy like Severson, you're buying yourself insurance. He's reliable. You know what you're going to get. And you're not going to have to force these kids into something that you don't want them to do. You know, what if you get into training camp next year and you're like, oh, my God, Nemich is not quite ready yet. I'd rather have him start the year in the A, but you can't because you have no one else and your cap is maxed out because you did all your free agency stuff. And now he's got to play. And now you're just putting yourself in a position that you shouldn't be in. And it's worth noting, again, the window for this team to contend is just opening up. Oh, it's huge. So you want this. You want a team that's on the same page and bringing in two young defensemen. Yep. To go into the NHL, and I've said this a million times, defensemen take longer to develop. That's a that's a pairing. That if you put them together, that's a pairing. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. You can't do it. So there's a lot to think about when it comes to 
Graves and Severson and what Fitzgerald is going to do in the next upcoming months. But yeah, I agree. Severson gets a lot of hate and I really, I really do think it's unwarranted. I think people just, they find people to blame and that's just what they, what they stick with. I don't get what people are seeing sometimes legitimately. Like I don't understand it. Yeah. Well, if I can go on a rant for three seconds. Sure. I was talking to this with another media member the Devils this season have broken franchise records, NHL records, personal, individual records. Yes. And I said you would never know it because whenever you go onto social media, fans are complaining about something. Enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. the season that you're having. Like, yes, every game is not going to be, what did Bill Sobalding say, Picasso or Monet, whatever it was going to be? It's not going to be that way. There's going to be games like, last night where things just didn't work in your favor, but enjoy the season that you're having. Enjoy the players that you have on this roster. Cause I personally look at it. And as far as the forward depth goes, I said, this is the strongest depth that I've seen this team have in years. Oh God, this is the deepest team in it, 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 even the cup team. Wasn't this deep. The cup team in 12 was not this deep. No, like it, no, it, not even close. The Devils are 28-0-2 when leading after the second period this season. Enjoy That's crazy. That. Isn't That's that a great crazy. stat? That's my favorite stat. That's awesome. That means you shut it down and do the job. That's glorious. Yeah, I, I think we brought this up a few shows ago. Um, I brought it up, actually, because it's, it's sometimes frustrating for me. There's a whole like generation of Devils fans that haven't won, and they don't know how to win. Mm -hmm. that's and i think that's a lot of it it really is anybody that's under 35 probably doesn't really i mean they were kids like young young kids the last time the devils won anything so -hmm. they've been going to games and being a fan and watching a loser and really only having things to complain about so they don't know how to be happy I'm, Mm -hmm. i'm really convinced of this and social media magnifies that because how many times was I young to one of my dumb friends? You believe that idiot made that mistake? <laughs> and now you can put it on Twitter and everybody sees it. So it's, it's, I think it's a little bit of both. But, you know, every young Devils fans do need to relax a little bit and just understand it's never perfect. And teams win from not the first place seed. I mean, in fact, I don't even know when the last time a President's Trophy winner won the cup. I'd have to look that up. That's how often it happens. I looked it up a long time ago, but I actually don't remember. But It's yeah, not just- a lot. Enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. Have fun. Sports are supposed to be fun. At the end of the yes. day, it's supposed to be fun. And you have all this negativity. And it's, like, silly. Your team is the third best team in the league. Stop it. Behind but, a team that's historically good, by the way. Oh, yeah. Boston's, the Bruins are unreal. Boston's – there's <laughs> no – no team is going to have more pressure in the postseason to win than the Boston Bruins. Because if they get eliminated in the first round, like, talk about a massive – upset so if they don't go to the conference finals boston's gonna burn everything yeah i agree with you 100 percent on that yep now complaining about what they see on the ice one of our fan questions was i've seen some criticize jack for his media interviews do you think this is fair (laughs) no no it's jack hughes if he doesn't want to talk to you he doesn't have to talk to you he goes out he gives the answers he leaves there are two points that I'm getting <laughs> this. The first is every player has a different personality. Yes. And there is a clear difference between how the veterans handle the media 
versus the younger kids because the veterans have been around and they know how it works. I think there was one post game where we were talking to Brendan Smith and he flat out said, he goes, you know, we have a job to do when we come here, we go, we play a game. He goes, the game's over. You guys come in here. You guys have a job, a job to do to now ask us questions and get what you guys need for your job. That's how it works. And you learn that as you're in the league and it, you just, you learn it. And again, everybody is different. Yeah. Every personality is different. Not every player is going to be, you know, the, the, the a Brendan Smith or a Thomas Tatar or a Damon Severson. You can't expect that from the entire locker room. No, My it's super unfair. Yeah, it's super unfair. The and he's a kid. Player. He's a kid. Real quick, hold on. He's a yeah. kid. What is he? Is he 21, right? He's 21. If he wasn't cool. playing hockey, he'd be flipping a cup in a dorm. Like that's, that is pretty much the point I'm going to make here. Like, I was a moron when I was 21. I would not have handled that well at all. So let's let's keep going here. <laughs> and my second point is the other thing I hear when someone brings up about Jack in his interviews, the next immediate response is, well, he gets asked the same dumb questions every single time. This is what I'm going to say to you. Yeah. When I first started watching hockey when I was young, Deb Placey was the Erica Walker of the Devils. Deb was and awesome. And she did all her interviews. And I remember being a little like brat. And I always, I looked at my dad and I'm like, dad, why, like, why would you waste the player's time asking the question, how did you feel when you scored the goal? And I think it's very easy when you're not in the situation to judge those kinds of questions. Take me through the goal. What did you say? How did you feel when you scored? How does the team feel after a win? It's so much more intricate than that when you're in the moment, in the situation with these players face-to-face. -face. You try it. Yeah, I, I, I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. And you also know you're going to get an answer with that question too, right? Like, you know you're going to get something. You can get the person talking, and then maybe they drop a little nugget in there, and you can volley off of that. Like, half of it is just getting them to start talking to you, I believe. I mean, and, I'm not a professional, but I just assume. Well, and there's there's a lot of things that go into it. You want, you know, sometimes you don't know what they're going to say. And like you said, they'll say like a little nugget that you can kind of go off of. Other times it's, look, I know what you're going to, I know the answer I'm going to get, but for my story, I need a quote for it. So I'm going to yep. ask you just so you can give it back to me so I can just put it into a quote, but we both know where this is going. Yep. And I think that it's one of those things where on the outside, it looks like it's very easy to criticize why reporters ask the question that they ask. And I'm not saying every question is like a great question. Of course, everyone's going to ask a stupid question. Everyone's going to stumble. That's life. Yeah. But before you criticize the reporter asking those types of questions, just think about like, what would you do? Because it's not you just shouting at your TV or going onto Twitter and complaining. It's you standing face to face with the player with a bunch of other media members just trying to get your job done. At this point, you're at the arena all night. You're tired. You still have to yeah. pump out a story. You want to get in and get out as fast as possible. So I think yeah. there just needs to be a little leniency when it comes to judging the media and how they present questions. And there needs to be leniency with how the players choose to answer them. So no, yeah. I don't think it's really fair that Jack gets criticized the way he does. I actually have a couple questions for you based off of this, honestly. First of all, like how, when, when is your night end? What time are you done? Like, I know you're going to go home. You got to at least start a story. Like when, when is your night? Like you can reliably go to sleep and feel good about it. 
So I get home and I don't live close to the arena. Yes. Uh, I'm not hours away, but I'm not 10 minutes away either. Yeah. Um, so usually on a normal night, I get into my house, like open the front door anywhere between midnight and 1 a.m. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I figured. Then I, you know, go through my thing, go through my nighttime routine, and then I get my laptop out depending on if I get an article out that morning or I just start a story for another day, mm -hmm. I usually don't go to bed till three or 4 a.m. Wow. I'm waking up two hours after you go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, crazy, dude. Yeah. So it can, it can be a long day. And some of the reporters stay at Prudential Center from the morning skate. So they're there from 10 in the morning there all night. And just to go kind of off, off topic, but tying it all in together, mm -hmm. There was an interview where Pink was talking about the halftime show and they asked her if she would ever do it. And she was like, no. And she goes, here's the thing. She goes, you don't have to like the performance that the artist puts on. You don't have to like it. You have an opinion. You yeah. don't have to like it. But she goes, there should be a level of respect in how much work went into it. Yeah, and people don't understand what happens right. with, with a lot of things. Right. And I think that with social media, like everyone has an opinion, not all of them are winners. You don't have to, you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to share every thought that enters your mind, but that's just kind of the world we live in. And I think people like to critique without really thinking of the whole picture or putting yeah. themselves in that situation. I laugh every time I hear somebody attack a play-by-play -play announcer. I could never do play-by-play. Oh, God. That looks extremely difficult. Like, you know, everybody thinks that they can handle it until they realize that you don't know anybody's name on the other team. Like, and you have to memorize good. every team in the NHL. And the stats or yeah. upcoming milestones and just following the play. Like, that is such a difficult job. And actually, it's so funny because one of the questions that we got was about, like, holding the referees accountable. And that's another job, too, where I wouldn't want to be a ref. The game is so fast. Yeah. That is not something that I, I would not want that responsibility of making I, those kinds of plays. Like that to me, again, it's a job that you criticize a lot. That's a tough job to have. Yeah. The refs, I, I think the refs for the speed of the game generally do all right. They're the goaltender NHL absolutely needs to address goaltender interference and they absolutely need to address uh, whether it goes in off a skate or not. Uh, I'm all for letting anything be a goal that doesn't go off hand. Honestly, mm -hmm. I think it's the easiest way to do it. And if the goalie has any body part in the crease, you can't touch him. Super simple. Done. Um, yeah. But, you know, my other question for you is also like another thing people don't realize that is a huge part of your job is you have to talk to people when they screw up. And you have to ask them about mistakes and you have to keep them accountable in that way. How difficult is that? There's, I always sit down and say, and you learn it, there's a tact to how to approach, approach them. Because like, I always take the approach that they are human beings. And yeah. I look at it as if I have my job and we all have jobs and I make a mistake that is apparent to me, my coworkers and my boss. And yeah. I already probably got yelled at for it or benched for it. Then I yeah. have to go and talk to 15 to 20 media members about it. And then they have to say, hey, take me through your mistake. What were you thinking? Nobody wants to do that. And you have to give the guys credit that that's part of the job is they have to talk to the media and kind of go through that. But it's not it's not easy. And there is a way to do it. There's a tax on how to approach them and how to ask questions. And I think something, too, that I don't think people realize is how you say it is so important. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like how That's you tough. how you word it to them because I can sit down like and I've heard other reporters ask questions and by no means am I an expert. I'm more of like I said, I'm more of a writer, I'm an observer, I kind of just take in everything. But I've heard people ask questions and I've kind of seen the players like look at them and I'm like I get what you were going for. I get I get what you were asking, but if you worded it slightly different, I think you would have gotten a different response from the player. Yeah, that's that's tough. I, I you know, everybody thinks sitting there and asking questions is an easy job and it, it's it, they forget about the hard part of it too. When you have to stand there and be like, "Look, you put the puck in your own net, you know, what were you thinking?" Yeah, or, and, or however you want to word it. Obviously, I'm not the person who does these things. Right. I mean, for me, um, I always, like I said, I like practices much better talking with the guys away from the camera. Um, that's just my personal preference uh, with things. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, everyone's different. By no means am I an expert. So take what I say with a grain of salt, because if you ask me a month from now, I might completely change my answer because I might learn something new or see a different approach to it and say, OK, like that's why you do what you do. Um, I just think like just having just respect and, you know, like I understand you have a story, you have a job and all that stuff, but you're also dealing with a human being. And I think having respect and being kind will go a lot further than you being the one sitting down and calling Jack out or, you know, questioning Nico's leadership. Because at the end of the day, even with Nico's leadership, because I, I tweeted out that him and Siegenthaler both mentioned about low energy on the ice and on the bench yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I saw a couple comments. They're like, well, that's his job as captain. There's not just one leader. Yeah, no. And he's not a rah-rah guy anyway. You know, he they would. I think it would look weird if Nico was like rah-rah on the bench or in the lock. Like that, that doesn't, it strikes me as very out of character for him. No, and I think too, you look at, you look at the other guys, you know, like I can tell you right now, and I know everyone, you know, people have issues with Brendan Smith. If you want to sit down and have a guy verbally hold his teammates accountable on the bench during a game, that's your guy. Yeah, I, I would. I would think it's him. Uh, I could see Palat doing that too. Palat has previously said that he speaks when needed. He's not a guy that's going to be vocal like intermission after intermission, which I kind of understand being in his. Company. Yeah. Um, I would actually say Hala is probably the other vocal. I could see that too. And I could that's see why, that too. And it, well, because he he describes himself as being intense, and I completely understand that. I love him. I want him to come back. I think he's awesome. I and that's awesome. The, and that's the thing that I think I'm like learning more this season is the different roles on the team. And it's not just different roles on the ice, but there's mm. different roles off the ice as well. And just because, like I said, you don't find value in Brendan Smith on the ice taking penalties, there is a value to him sitting on the bench and calling guys out when things aren't being done correctly or they were, like, straying from their system mid-game. Because yeah. last season, Jesper Bratt talked um, to Matt Laughlin on the Devils podcast, and he said one of the things was the team last year, they were scared of playing with a lead. And they lost it. They lost the lead all the time last year. Oh, what a Here, nightmare. You add a couple veterans like Palat, like Paula, like Smith. They're the comeback kids. Yeah. There's something it's, he said about the personality that Fitzgerald put into that room. He's He has really gotten it right. And I don't think he gets enough credit for just how correct he's gotten the chemistry on this team. It's unbelievable. It, it, it really seems like they like each other genuinely. 
And that was actually one of the uh, other questions that we got was about, you know, did, you know, thoughts on the team's chemistry going into the playoffs? Because I always say doing too much will blow up in a team's face. You're seeing it happen to the Rangers right now. They're not, they're not there yet. But (laughs) when you look at the additions that Fitzgerald made, each one was connected to either a teammate or a coach. There was already familiarity going on with both Timo and Curtis. What was Lazar's connection? I'm unfamiliar with that. So Lazar previously played and is very close with Halla. Okay. Halla's wife and Curtis's wife are best friends. Um, And I think their sons are actually, I think Owen and Henry are are the same, around the same age. And I believe it was Chris Taylor that he previously played for in a other in another league. Oh, cool. I I, I really Taylor. had no idea. I wrote it I wrote it in an article. I'm almost positive it's Chris Taylor. Don't okay. care. <laughs> I think I think that's who it was. So there was familiarity and I actually wanted to I have an article idea that I'm hoping I can get done that kind of focuses on, you know, if that if that was something that had to like that was like a non-negotiable like they needed play they wanted to bring players in that can kind of quickly acclimate to things because I think it's just like you said it's easier when you know teammates and you know things you know it's just it makes the whole transition yeah it's gotta and I believe the Devils set the NHL record for the most Swiss people on the ice at the same time uh if with four yep um so that's I think that's kind of neat you know small little country not necessarily known for their hockey They've got four guys on one of the best teams in the league. I mean, my question is, when is Roman Yossi coming to New Jersey, Nico? Oh, <laughs> oh baby. <laughs> wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be something? Uh, that would that would really – we're getting into an embarrassment of riches scenario if that were to happen. <laughs> that, would, that would just be – that would be insane. Yeah, be insane. I'm, I'm very excited to see Luke Hughes with this team. I, I really am, um, as if we're talking defensemen. I just I, – I don't necessarily think he's going to make an impact, but I don't necessarily think he's going to look out of place, if that makes sense. I just – you know what it is? I think that when you look at defensemen, you have defensemen that are very defensive-minded, like a Siegenthaler, and then mm-hmm. you have defensemen who are very offensive-minded, like Hamilton. And when they're extremely offensive-minded, sometimes the defensive game gets a little – mucked up yeah so i think when you get players like that there's an importance of getting the right balance to be their partner because like i said i don't think siegenthaler has an easy job no he he definitely doesn't have an easy job um and and I, dougie's got to be one of the harder defensemen in the league to play with and i think that luke might be in that category of it would be extremely important to have somebody who's very defensive minded on the ice with him because i could see a lot of odd man rushes Becoming a problem. I could see him playing very well with Marino. That could be very true. well. Very well. I, I just, there's something that tells me that would be a good pairing. Uh, but I, I think, I, I think you're going to, I think you're going to see him skate around and, and do well and do things. I do. I, I just, I don't know why. I just got a feeling it's the, the kid's going to do something. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see how that's going to affect Jack. Like how, like if that's just going to be so much serotonin that they're both playing in the NHL for the same team, if that's just going to be like an added boost. Do you think they trip Quinn at family events? 
I mean, I would think they have to. <laughs> I, thought, I like to think that they're just constantly chirping him. Look at you, Vancouver. Uh, how's Vancouver, man? I mean, let's be honest. When it Great comes city. To- don't get me wrong. Yeah. But they're not good. Like, if, if, if you sat down and said to me, you can live in New Jersey or you can live in Vancouver, my bags would be packed so fast. Oh, God. No, no, no. Oh, I would much. Yeah, I'd rather look. that that city for me personally has everything. It has oh, rain so much. It has my mind. Yeah, I'm like, send me, send me right there. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there shortly. That's, That's hilarious. But that is unfortunately all the time we have for this episode. They all just maybe we should ask fans if they want us to make our episodes a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean, our listeners, not fans, our listeners, if they want to, if we want to increase to like 45 minutes, because this really does go by very quickly. I didn't even get to all our fan questions. We're gonna yeah, it's it's a snap. We can we can hold some questions that'll work for next week. Um, but I mean, I'm looking forward to playoff hockey. I think we're I think the team is in a really good spot. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to relax. Everybody needs to relax. Just calm down. I know Enjoy it's tough. Ride. I know Enjoy. it's tough. You're not used to winning. Trust me. Relax. And just in, enjoy this. Really, please, just everybody enjoy this. You get a very rare opportunity when your professional sports team is this locked and loaded, this young, this well run from a management standpoint. Like, you should all appreciate this right now because I'm appreciating it a lot after the last 10 years. There was a stat that I saw. I'll wrap up with this. And yeah. I, it was, I was going to share it, but it was a few days old. So the standings weren't quite correct. But they had the, like four youngest teams in the NHL, the Devils being the third youngest. And they had what their rank was this season. And it was so funny. <laughs> like 31, 32, Devils, three, 27, 29. And I said, that's something that fans need to see. Because again, I don't think they realize they what, this, what this is the start of. And it's like Nathan McKinnon said, you know, they had that horrible, horrendous year. Then they made it into the playoffs and they got that playoff experience. And then from there, they just built on it until they became Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ups. Enjoy the downs. Like, I'm ecstatic to cover playoff hockey. Oh, I can't wait to go. I can't wait to go. I get to buy my season tickets for this year. Oh, baby, I am psyched. So, yeah, if you could take anything away from this episode, episode 10, I believe it is, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the next month. Until the playoffs come, where we know fans are going to be probably basket cases because every game is going to be so important once the playoffs begin. So just enjoy the next month for what it yep. is. Yep. Enjoy enjoy some great hockey. Get out to the rock. Have some fun. And uh, when the playoffs come, everybody, please don't sell your tickets to opposing fans that may or may not be right across the river. Please, please, please don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. If we end up there, don't do it. Don't be that guy. Sell it to a Devils fan. All right. A final play, and we will talk to you guys next week. See you guys.